Hello everyone, this is Tribecast episode 38 and my name is Marina. This week we have prepared for you two interviews. First you'll hear Dil Dinarti, who is coaching this week at Nordic Startup School mentoring session and we will discuss with him marketing. And then we'll talk about startup life and wines with Inigo Perez from Startup Hub. My name is Marina, this is Tribecast episode 38. Let's get to the interviews. My name is Dean Dinardi, mentor and startup consultant. I specialize in communications. Right, communications, so we're colleagues. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. How was your today's session and what was it about? It was about communications. Generally, how valuable communications is and how it affects not just pitching, but sales, team morale and company direction in regards to funding, pitching, sales, marketing, and how the arena of communications should be a primary focus of development to help companies grow. So do you actually find it hard? You, you said that you're a coach, so do you find it hard to explain to, say, IT startups, why do they need to communicate besides producing a good product? So... What I've done is I've come up with an idea, a concept called verbal marketing. And I call verbal marketing as the language of attraction. By introducing this to IT um, specialists, research specialists, and people of that nature from a, um, a language of attraction perspective and bringing value out, what it does is they see another perspective of how there's value in their products or research and how to better represent it. So at first initial impact, yes, they're a little bit uh, offset. But when I introduce this new perspective of using communication, they see how they can extract the value and better represent it. So they become a little bit more warmer to the idea of communicating. How familiar are you with Finnish market? <laughs> Probably not as familiar as I should be, um, being that I've only been here for about five years, but familiar enough to know that it's a very tough market. Uh, it, it's a very um, challenging market. Um, there's a lot of things that have been going on in the outside in the EU and, and greater parts of the other rest of the world that are relatively new here. Um, so there's a learning curve. There's definitely a learning curve, but there's a will. Yeah, Finnish people are f famous about their will here. They call it SISO. I would like to remind our listeners that Nordic Startup School is mostly targeted as helping startups promoting themselves to the U.S. market and expanding their businesses to the U.S. market, right? So my core question is, what are the main differences between U.S. and Finnish market from the perspective of a startup? Sure. The biggest difference is that in the U.S. market, we buy things reflective of product value in our lives. Um, we do a lot of marketing um, and sales, whereas the Finnish market is more of a um, need-to market, whereas their purchasing habits are based on needs, not whether it's going to just add the value or not. It's a necessity market, and I guess that would be the biggest thing. So the way that it's represented here versus there is uh, very different. And also... Again, it's maybe a bit of a cultural difference and even a bit of a misperception, let's put it this way, because I, got, I tapped a better word. Um, we do believe that American business people are good at bragging. 
while Finnish people are kind of shy in a sense that they will prefer to produce something of high quality and then do a really advertising. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting that you say that because we had a whole session about we call uh, tooting your own horn. And um, you really have to have some bragging rights. But I say that you have to brag and toot your own horn in a valuable manner, meaning that you also have to represent your self-worth and self-value. And it's not enough just to think it. You have to actually voice it and represent it so that others can see that you believe in your product or service and that you will stand behind it. Uh, no matter what. So having that self-worth and self-value, not only for yourself as an individual and expressing it, but also that that's the backbone of the company and the company will stand behind as well. Um, You need to be able to stand up and say, we can support this. We are this. We do do this. We can do that. Or I am capable of and Uh, You have to know where your self-worth and self-value is and own it. You you, you really have to own it. And we spoke about that today, how a lot of Finnish people are a little bit reserved in the expression of it. They may believe that about themselves, but they don't express it. And I believe that in order for it really to manifest into action, not only for individuals, but also as a company in the development, you have to be able to express it at some level. Do you think it's necessary to have someone from the outside in this case from the u.s market i mean in the team or can we take a finnish only team give them decent coaching and then go conquer u.s market i think if you had a all you uh, an all finnish team um it's okay however uh the coaching is really important Mm-hmm. And um, they would really have to understand the differences and you would have to have more of a global or international mindset in the Finnish people who are in the Finnish team. Um, in that regard, yes, it would work. Um, I've seen too many all Finnish teams that kind of stop when they get to the border. You, you know, like a lot of uh, fear, apprehension, things, questions, doubts, too many things set in. And then I've seen all Finnish teams where some of the team leaders have more of an international mindset and can see beyond the fears, apprehension, see beyond the border. And they've gotten the right guidance, are willing to learn from the guidance And then that can work. But the key, I think, is in getting the information, education, the guidance, the coaching, whatever is necessary, and being open to it. How do you actually figure out if the coach is good or not? Say Hmm. I'm an early stage startup and I would like to join one of those numerous accelerating programs. I think that for you to identify if a coach is good, it's a personal thing. But also, too, as a good coach will challenge your current state. They're going to force you to want. They're going to force you to learn something new, but they won't insist that it's the only way, um, because a good coach knows that there's many ways for things to be done. However, they know that you have more potential than you might be giving out, mm-hmm. and they will help you to nurture your potential instead of insisting on it being done a certain way. So, if someone keeps telling that I'm doing it this way and you should do it this way because this is the way it should be done. This is not a good one. Generally speaking, no. I mean, there are some, you know, you, you, you cross you cross a T and you dot an I. Certain things are uh, 
you know, either work or don't work. But when it comes to international pe- uh, markets and relating to people and communicating and approaching it from the right perspective, I, I think it's a little bit less of the crossing the T and dotting the I's. Right. Um, and probably I have one last question for today. In Nordic Startup School, we have startups which are a little bit more advanced. Then we have Red Brick Accelerator here in Tribe Tamper Startup Community, within the community, I mean, which is early stage mentoring program. And for some of the startups, it's still kind of safer to join an accelerator when they're in an early stage. But if they, for example, exist like one, two years, they start to be hesitant whether they still can learn something. Do you think it's still of value? <laughs> Uh, I, I, I mean, if they can learn something, you, you should never stop learning. So even if you're in business for 50 years, there's got to be something that you can learn. Um, so for somebody that's only been around for two years mm-hmm. to say that there's nothing that they feel that they can learn is um, very um, naive and um, immature in their mindset on business development. And I think that they need to be a lot more open to um, accepting that there is other things they can learn provided those incubators and those, uh, and those uh, teaching platforms provide um, high level value because um, that's, that's also very important. There needs to be um, a variety and high level value of coaching in order for people to continue to learn. Shall we recommend Nordic Startup School as one of the platforms? Of course. (laughs) It was great working with you guys. Thank you. Right. Thank you very much for having time for this interview. And we're good for today. Have a safe trip back. Thank you. Let me remind our listeners that Tribecast core idea is to talk about startups and startup life and startup ecosystem first in Tampere and then in Finland and then in the world around. So when you talk about startup ecosystem, you can't avoid talking to startups. And I started to feel that we didn't have enough startups recently. So I decided to fix this situation. Therefore, today we have a representative of a startup. And I see from his face that he's going to say, I don't know if we're a startup or not. And we already had this discussion off the microphone, but let's share it with our listeners. Uh, So hello, Anigo. Hello. Probably let's first introduce you to our listeners. Okay, so um, my name is Inigo Echeverria. Um, I'm from Spain, 28, and I'm uh, one of the owners and uh, founders of uh, Binum. Now we call ourselves to our clients Nordbin. And uh, we are a startup or a small company that uh, we are importing alcohol to, to Finland. All right, so are you a startup or not? Um, How do you define a startup? Let's start from this point. I don't know. I've always have the feeling that startups are more into the uh, technological side in a fast-growing path. So I didn't or I don't really mind myself, the terminology of my company, but I've really not considered myself or my company as a startup. I consider myself an entrepreneur, but not startup. And uh, for example, when I go to some of the um, startup events, you always get the feeling that you're a bit kind of the outsider because most of the subjects are related to the technology. All right. So there is no way technology can be involved in wine importing. Oh, yes, of course. Of course there is. There is many, many ways you can incorporate uh, technology into the wine business or alcohol business. 
but um, I guess that uh, for the uh, business that I do, technology that you could say is more something into the web or internet-related uh, stuff than, than to my daily business. Right. How did you actually end up being part of the community? Because I see you quite often at Stripe Tamper events and Startup Hub events. So what brings you here? Well, at the beginning, I was working from uh, from home, but I met uh, this other Spanish person uh, that he was involved with JCI, which I'm part of it now as well. And uh, he got me involved in JCI. And through JCI, I get to know Tribe. And also through JCI and this person, I get to know the startup hub where I do have my office at the moment. And you still feel that you don't really, so to say, belong there? Is it more like you, you just have your own business, but guys are talking about their tech stuff and you're just... Um, I don't think that it's not that I don't belong there. I see it more as I'm a different or a special kid. <laughs> but uh, since part of my background has been in the tech world, before I got into the wine world, then I don't feel that much outside of it because I, I kind of get what they are doing or I kind of understand the processes they're going through. So, Actually, what stimulated you to jump into wine instead of tech? Okay, so um, I moved into wine or alcohol beverages because I have some non-alcoholic beverages as well. Just because um, my family, my mom's side family, they have had for decades uh, business in um, distributing beverages to restaurants in the west part of Spain. So I've been working with them, not working really, but helping them many, many summers of my life. So that was some um, kind of inherited and learned experience that I had. After I stopped working for a video game company here in Tampere, I was looking for something that I really wanted to do. I really wanted to do games, but I was not feeling or getting exactly what I really wanted. And one of the options that I had was uh, leaving Finland, but uh, the reason that I moved to Finland is because of my now wife. Mm -hmm. So I... I couldn't or I didn't want to leave anymore. My option was just I needed to do something. And uh, the other thing that I knew how to do, apart from video games, was selling wine. So mm -hmm. I was really unhappy of the wine that I was finding in some of the bars in Tampere. So I was like, well, maybe I should give it a try. You know what I would also think you might give a try? It was just announced this morning officially that Tampere will have its, I think it's the first ever actually, food tech hackathon in the yeah. end of November. So know. probably, besides the link to this podcast episode, I can share the link with the hackathon with you and you'll find a spot there. Actually, was it easy for you as a foreigner to start a business of your own in Finland? It, did, it, it was easy. Uh, it was not easy to get the initial funding, though. But creating the business was um, fairly easy compared to uh, what I had to go through to start a business in Spain. So I'll say, yes, it was easy. So you would recommend a foreigner to try starting a business? Yes, here. of course. I think you have to know what you're getting into, of course. But if you have the idea, you have a clear plan of what you want to do or where you want to go, I'd say that you should try Finnish culture is always perceived as quite reserved. Do you feel it in the business world as well? 
Is it, for example, difficult to meet new people during some events to start the talking? Or I have not found the case that um, I have any difficulties starting conversations with people. Mm-hmm. What I did find at the beginning of the business is that it was hard for me to get um, to be taken seriously by the clients that I wanted to open. So the first year was like, I guess it happens to every single business as well, of course. But um, when your business is about selling, you can you, you need to sell like daily basis. So having the first year of everyone saying hi, but then closing the door, mm-hmm. it was a bit uh, complicated. Can you give an advice to very beginning entrepreneurs? How did you tackle it? So my advice and what I did is just just be consistent and keep trying And those who say no, they will eventually say yes. So just keep visiting them. And uh, what mostly what it happened to me is like it only takes one person to start buying from you. Mm-hmm. And then the rest will come along. And do you see the value in uh, visiting big startup events like Stream Festival? Or would you prefer to talk to people onto something small like we have open meetings here? I do get some... Um, positive things when I go to stream festival or these other big festivals because at the end startups and my business they are just that they are companies and then you have to run them anyway you have to think about investing and you think uh, have to take uh, care of daily and the personnel and marketing so even though it's not uh, completely focused to what I do I can uh, kind of extrapolate is it that word to extrapolate mm-hmm. what I get from there to my business mm-hmm. or my field And then again, since you're now part of the startup hub, do you feel that you get some kind of support and inspiration for a business there? Or is it only for convenient office location? Well, I have not been uh, lately that much involved because unfortunately, since uh, we're a small business and it requires a lot of uh, being on the street, then I'm not able to spend uh, long times in my office. Mm-hmm. Also, since I recently became a dad, then it I try to do my office work at home mm-hmm. and only be in the city when I have to go and do visiting or sales. Mm-hmm. So lately I have not been involved that much, but I know that it's, like a, it's really good for, for a lot of the other startups, not only because of the location, but because the community that is created there. Mm-hmm. I don't think, for example, a lot, of, a lot of the startups that they are here, they are there for the location. Right? At, at the end, you don't have to be close to your clients in that sense. So I think it's the, it's more of the community than the good place, like location, not places. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can we have maybe a bit background information about your company? How long do you guys exist and how big are you now? Okay, so we started, well, I started the, the planning of the company while I was unemployed and starting Finnish. Mm-hmm. We created a business plan and the application for the alcohol licenses in uh, the summer of 2017. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were not really operational until 2018, more mm-hmm. or less, the beginning of 2018. And that first year, even though we existed, we didn't sell mm-hmm. much or any at all, almost. But um, at the more or less May or June, then we got our first client, which uh, our bigger client, which happened to be a known person inside the Tampere hospitality business. Mm-hmm. So that sort of gave us credibility to our business. So people saw that if this person is believing in him, maybe he might have something good. So 
yeah, we started first year with a really tiny, tiny sales. And uh, now this year we are just monthly increasing our sales and getting more and more customers. So the progression at the moment is quite good, even though I'll say that um, companies that have inventory, they're a bit painful. You have to take into consideration the warehouse and logistic cost and how much do you have and how much do you need. I guess I am out of questions for today. Thank you very much, Inigo, for your interview. Let's wish our listeners a nice weekend. This was Tribecastre, episode 38, and my name is Marina. There is so much happening at Tribe Tamper startup community nowadays that we'll definitely keep providing you with fresh news and more interesting interviews next week. And for now, we're going to have our first ever Tribe team Halloween party. Wish me luck with that, and I wish you a great weekend. Take care of yourself and stay warm and tuned. Mm-hmm.